We are very encouraged to hear what God is doing through City Life to change lives. If you have a story to share of how City Life has impacted you, please let us know at story at citylifefw.org. Welcome to the City Life Podcast. We are all about making Jesus known. We pray that these messages will help equip you to become a follower of Jesus who is empowered to influence and shape culture. Enjoy the message. Go ahead, get your notes out and your Bibles out because I, you're going to need to write some things down today, uh, especially at the end of my message. And I want you to open your Bibles or Bible apps to a book of the Bible called Philippians. Say Philippians. Philippians. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. A couple of weeks ago, the staff and I, we went to a conference in Los Angeles that was put on by a network of churches that was hosted by a church plant um, in downtown Los Angeles, pastored by Ben Houston. And, and I'll tell you, we had, we had an amazing time together. We had a fantastic time together. The, it was fun. Uh, it, it was deep. I mean, there, there was a lot of depth that, that was there. Uh, we, we basically just got to go to church. Uh, you know, we, the staff and I, we, we do this from time to time. It's best to kind of get out of the area to silence our minds from the noise. I, like there was an, uh, an event here, here uh, this week, and, and I was a part of that, but it's like, like you, you go in and you come out, you go in and you come out, and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, my, my office is just six blocks away, and, and it's just, so I, I, I never really engaged fully with it, and it's, it's hard to receive much of anything because someone goes, oh, you're from downtown. Well, let's talk about your church. Like, oh, I really don't want to. I just want to hear from God. You see, sometimes that's what I want to do, right? And, and, that's, and that's what these settings provide for our staff. Um, but, but it's like 12 hours solid of church. But, but before the first evening meeting of this conference, I sat down with the guys and I helped them to get prepared for what we were about to do and remind them why we're here and what we're doing, why we're even doing this. And I reminded the guys that really this is a time to quiet our souls and listen to God experience God and let God speak to us personally and individually. I'm talking about letting God speak to us about our lives, our, our, our families, our work, our purpose. And, 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 I, and I told the man, I said, I want you to go into this thing with expectation that God will speak to you. I want you to go in here and I want you to listen to God. And, uh, and then I even just kind of went running around the circle. What do you need from God? What, what are you looking for God to speak to you regarding specifically? And they were prepared for the question, and, and we, we talked a little bit about it, but that just prepared our hearts so that before we even went to the very first meeting, our hearts were getting prepared. See, when I was a little kid, there was this phrase we used a lot. It was about, it was, it was this phrase, you need to get a word from God. You need to get a word from God. Hey, any of you have a background where, where that was commonly used? Get a word from God. Come on, put your hands up. Put, okay, see, now we know who the churchy people are. There are a few of you guys around. You, 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 okay, put your hands down. Don't be too embarrassed. All right, but, but I was a bit confused by that growing up because it sounded kind of mystical. Get a word from God, and, and so I would try. It's like, well, I want that. God is in there and word. Okay. I think that's the Bible. And so, so I would go to church. I'm telling you, I was a pastor's kid, but it was kind of hard for me to grasp it, even being there, even when I was a teenager. And, 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 and so really, though, in reality, that is what I asked the guys to do when we were at the conference. And it's like, I want you guys to get a word from God, except I didn't say it that way. I just said it a little bit different, which is really what I'm doing here for you today. I, I, and I want you to do the same thing during this series. During this series, which I'm calling Simplify, I want you to get a word from God, except 
I'm wanting you to get something literal. I mean, I'm talking about literally, specifically one word. Now, today, I'm going to be talking about how to listen and how to hear from God. Not only for that one word, but in general. Because a lot of us feel like, well, I go to church and I I need to do these things and do this, but is God really speaking to me? I don't know. Well, I'm going to talk to you to help you to sort through some of that this morning. So I want you to write some things down because I believe God's going to speak to you. I do believe that. And that that you're going to come out of here with a better understanding of how you personally can hear from God. And, and, And then I also am praying that you're going to get this one word from God, which will be a dynamic motivator for your life for next year. Because our lives, they're just, they're just way too complex. Uh, life in the city, it leans toward complexity. I mean, the, the stimuli of the city is just crazy. It keeps us so preoccupied. Quite often, you can't even pay attention to the most important things, such as listening to God. That's why I've entitled this series Simplify, because only as we engage in this disciplined pursuit of less can we actually best hear the voice of God and receive comfort and revelation and direction? And I know you want that or you wouldn't even be here. And I know you guys. You guys have a lot of responsibilities. Your, your schedules are, are they're, they're crazy. They're just crazy and things are going so fast. It was, you know, in, in the early service this morning, it was an Uber driver coming, coming in here and, and just waiting for the next call, but figured he'd sit here in church until the next call came just, just to try to squeeze God. And, and I was like, yeah, that's a good thing. But, but you, you feel like you're sprinting so fast. The scenery around you is, is a blur and you know, that you're, you know that you're missing. You know that you're missing a lot. Um, and you don't want to though but you don't know how to filter it. And it's tough. It really is. Some of you, you you feel like your relationship with God is shallow. You might even feel like your relationship with God is just some perfunctory duty that you kind of do this, do this, do this. And okay, I hope God's happy. I've checked off my boxes for the week. Now I'm going on my way. But I'm telling you guys, it doesn't have to be that way. And when you become intentional about clarifying uh, and, and, and simplifying life, then things begin to come into order and you can begin to hear from God. What I'm talking to you about is a spiritual life principle and it's all through the Bible. And I'm challenging you guys to simply carry out the simple discipline of developing a one-word personal theme for the upcoming year. It's really just a few weeks off, six weeks. See, this is a proactive way to walk into next year. And... This is a way where you begin to decide upon a direction that you get from God. And you get this direction from God before the holidays come to, to mash everything together and, and so, so that you can actually, during the holidays, kind of marinate about this and think of how this is going to be implemented next year. You see, I, I decided long ago I'm not doing New Year's resolutions anymore. I, I set New Year's goals but, but instead, I started living by this one-word theme. I started doing this a few years ago, and, 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 and I, I, I started doing it, and I was like, this, this actually works. And I didn't ever want to preach or teach on it until I made sure that it actually works, but, but it's good because it gives me the focus I need for my own life. I never really shared it with anyone, but now I can. It, it, it does work. And since my first message on Simplify a couple of weeks ago, uh, I, I've been hearing some of your adventures on hearing from God and, and finding that one word. And, and the truth is, it's actually a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun uh, seeking that out. B- but I want to emphasize one thing today, which is really important about today's message. It's not necessarily us who chooses 
that word. Really, it's God who reveals it to us. So my challenge is, is that as you choose that one word for 2018, you'll know that it's a revelation from God. You're going to get a word literally from God. And I, I actually believe that God is big enough to give you an anointed specific word for your heart and for your mind, and it's not as mysterious as you might think it is. God isn't some distant, remote entity. I mean, God is a personal God. He actually really, really cares about every move you make. He cares about everything you do. He cares. So God wants this for you. I really believe it. And that's all through the Bible. Today we're looking in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. And, and we're going to read this excerpt from this letter. Now this is a letter that, that, uh, that an early church leader by the name of Paul sent to this church. Uh, um, and... and and Paul was like the very first Christian missionary. Uh, he was an accomplished church planter. He planted church throughout the, churches throughout the Roman Empire. And, but Paul wrote this letter to a local church that he had established, that he had planted in the ancient Greek city of Philippi. Say Philippi, Philippi, there you go. All right, in fact, ancient historians attribute the later prosperity of Philippi to Paul's planning of that church. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's cool because this is in history. I, I, love, to, I love to study this stuff before I, before I share it, and, but it's, it's very cool. So I learned some new things about Philippi that, that, uh, that, that right after the first century, or in the first century, in the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth century, it was a booming, very prosperous area. But it was different than the other areas around. There was no explanation for it because there was nothing unique about Philippi except for one thing. That, that community had an extremely strong and vibrant church. The, the, it was, there was strong Christianity in the city, which Paul had established there in the first century. And, and historians, and these are secular historians, they said the people actually believed and practiced Christianity, which made them very different than the other Greeks, which allowed the prosperity and blessing to come to their community. Uh, it was, in fact, something I didn't even know about this. Philippi was actually the very first Christian church to even be planted in Europe. And what happened is that church transformed the culture of the city. If it can be done then, can it be done now? You better believe it. So the letter is called Philippians. And, and just knowing that, it kind of gets my attention a little bit more. In fact, I found that out, and I'm excited. I'm just, I'm just going to get into Philippians and do a deep study of it because these words that were written to the church of Philippi is what the church lived by for centuries. And, and I want to see what's in there for me and for us, too. Uh, see, if this letter were written to us, it would be called, the it, instead of Philippians, it would be called like Fort Worthians. But, you know, that doesn't sound right. Uh, or, or if Paul was writing a letter to all the, the churches in Texas, it would be called the Texans. Now, I, I kind of like that. I, I, I like that. Wouldn't it be cool? You know, it's like, all right, everybody, turn in your Bibles to the book of Texans. Texans chapter 97, because there would be a lot of chapters. You know, Texas is really big. Uh, <laughs> but sadly... There is no book of Texans in the Bible. So we're going to go to second best. We'll <laughs> no, there's no second best. We'll go to the best. We'll look at the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Let's look at what Paul said. Paul said, one thing I do. What are those first two words? One thing. What does it say? One thing. All right. One thing I do. You got it? That's focus. Now, Paul, he's letting them know what's on his heart. He said, here's what I do. 
forgetting what is behind and straining toward what's ahead, I just press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. What Paul is saying here, this is a profound passage of scripture. He's saying, hey, church, look at my life. Look at the simplicity of my life and model your life after mine. He's not even telling them to, to do this, but he's saying, this is a good example right here. In other words, he's saying, you do what I've done and get past your past. Get past your successes. Get past your failures. Get past your losses. Quit living life looking in your rearview mirror. And, and get your life forward, focused, and start moving. And don't even stop until you get to heaven. And, you know, I look at that and I'm like, well, no wonder Philippi was transformed if they actually did this and, and lived it out. Because it's so different than the, the Greek culture of the time. It's the opposite. It's actually very much the opposite of our culture as well because we wallow in what happened yesterday. And I, I, I'm challenging you guys with this today as well. Have fearless faith for your future. For me, as Tim, it's, it's about having faith with a huge heart. Because my heart beats for the future, to, to create the future for those who have none. My heart is for those who are suffering even silently and they're starving for significance and they're malnourished for love. My heart is for the world. That the hope of Jesus will be spread to the ends of the earth. My heart is also for this city that, that in Fort Worth an unusual revival will break forth. And my heart is also for my church, my local church, this church, to see people move from death to life. And that is fire in my bones. That drives me forward. So then when a demonically inspired man tries to shoot up a church, I say, Jesus, which is another way of saying, devil, no, not today. At the same time, though, when I see people, even in my church, living their life, running in circles, wearing themselves out, I just want to say, devil, no, not today, not my church, not my community, not my city, not my state. And so, in the same way, I want you to get and receive, for lack of a better term, a word from God. And when you reduce the clutter and the noise in your life, God's voice is going to become crystal clear. And my challenge for you is to find that one word that's going to be critical for your advancement in 2018. Now, next Sunday, I'm going to be distributing some cards to you, and th that will be the first opportunity you'll have to submit your one word. And if you're ready for it, you'll be able to do that at that time. But I want you to be prepared, and, and one of the things that you should be, begin doing is asking yourself some questions, which prepares your heart. Now again, what am I doing here? I'm teaching you how to hear from God. How do you hear from God? How do you listen to God's voice? Well, here's one of the ways to do this. Uh, here's, here's a good question right here. Is, what is God saying to you in 2017? I mean, what, what's God, what, how's God been nudging you recently? Uh, these, these are important questions. If you want to take pictures of them, you can. Do whatever you want to do. But another one, or write them down. What area of your life does God want you to use? Like, what, what is an area of your life that's not being used for God, but you know God really has been, you felt the need. I, I need I, uh, God wants to use this area of my life. Or maybe what area of your life does God want to transform God's like, I, you know God wants to transform this particular area of your life. And, and another question is, how does God want to position you for 2018? 
And those questions are important. If you, if you actually take these questions serious, then they will become the foundation for you to be able to just receive one word. And uh, we will take these cards and we'll pass them in. And, and then we're going to create this huge banner. This is a crazy idea we have, but it's going to be fun. We're going to take this, this banner. We did a little mock-up here. Our creative guys did this, this banner. But it's going to be over on the wall right over there. And it's going to say, My 2018 Word on it. And all these words are going to be up there. And, and, uh, and, and, and everyone who submits their one word, it's going to be printed on the banner and we're going to keep it up there on the wall through the end of January so you can go over there and see it and remember it every time you're in church and you're going to see other people's words and, and that will even give you faith and encouragement. Your names won't be there but you'll see the words and you'll say, I'm going to live it out. I, in fact, one of the things I was just thinking about when I was uh, considering this banner just, just even early this morning, I thought, wow, how cool is it going to be? Because we'll be able to look at that and maybe even connect the dots with, with what God is speaking to us as a whole. Because I think we'll see some continuity there. I, th- I think there'll be some really interesting things that'll pop out. For you, it'll build your faith. You'll say, look, here's what God's doing, what God's saying to all these other people. And look, God put me in the middle of this wonderful mess of people. But... The issue why we, a lot of times we can't even get a direction from God is because of life clutter, and we're going in circles. But that's always been a problem. Uh, Paul mentions this to the very busy, very stressed out church in the city of Ephesus. And, and, and he wrote this in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. It's found in this letter. He says to the church, he says, this is a different church, he says, walk circumspectly. I, I, I like that word. I put a different word in parentheses for you, but that just means carefully. That means be careful with the way that you walk. Be careful. A few weeks ago, actually, no, it was two years, over two years ago, I was not walking carefully or circumspectly when I had an accident out here in front of the building at 5.45 a.m. when I took a wrong step and I ended up crashing and falling and breaking my patella, which was no fun, just in case you guys want to know. It's not fun. And, uh, and going through the whole rehabilitation process and all that, it just, I'm going to walk circumspectly. I'm going to walk carefully. But he's talking about it not just he's using a physical term to talk about realities of how we live our life because a lot of us are just kind of wandering through life my well you know just gonna see what i'm gonna do whoa you know it's just that's the way we're living and that's not how god wants us to live okay he says walk circumspectly not as fools but as wise so it's like what i was doing when i did my crash and burn i was walking as a fool I tried to get the early service to, to call me a fool, and they wouldn't. But, uh, you know, I, I'm sure you guys are a little more loose, right? right? No, I, I, you don't have to do that. But I'll just admit it, I was a fool because I wasn't walking carefully. Think of it. it it's, it's kind of like having your cell phone out and doing like this and walk crossing the street. It's just not a good idea. I saw the funniest sight when I was in in uh, in L.A. the other day. I just, I just prayed for the guy. But there was a guy, <laughs> this is a diversion here, because I'm ADD, but there's this guy who's riding a bike in downtown Los Angeles, a bike, okay, which is right, you know, scary, this is not the Netherlands, I mean, come on, he's riding this bike, and he has a chihuahua on a leash next to him on the bike, and he had his cell phone out, and I just said, in Jesus' name, you know, I was like, I wanted to, I wanted to follow him and pray for him until he got to his destination, but then I chuckled. I'm like, that's about the craziest thing I think I've ever seen. I really, really, really saw that. But don't be like fools, but be as wise. And then he says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Then he just keeps hammering this home. Look, he says, therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of God is. 
So in other words, be smart, listen to God, so your life doesn't go in circles. Look, he continues. He said then again, watch your step. (laughs) And then I love this. He says, use your head. Make the most of every chance you get. These are desperate times. Don't live carelessly, unthinkingly. Make sure you understand what the master wants. You see that? So what he's saying here is what I'm saying to you in this, in this, this series of messages. Understand what God wants. Don't wander. Don't, don't, don't just be driven by whatever's happening around you. Know what God wants and do it. So how do you do that? Well, one of the first steps you've got to do is remove some clutter. Uh, one of the ways that I remove clutter is, is I read the Bible every day. Every day. It's really a pretty simple practice. I, I live this commitment of being in church weekly. I connect with other believers. I acknowledge that God is the source of all my wisdom and all my knowledge. And I let God know that. I remind God of that and remind myself of that. I try hard to not, to not bring glory to myself, but to bring glory to God. I, I try hard to please God and not focus on trying to please other people. I'm telling you what, that's one of, that's one of the biggest distractions that we face in our culture. And I just simply, I, you know, I just added another one to my list. Is I'm just going to say the name of Jesus and say, devil, no, not today. <laughs> and the clutter goes away. It makes it all somewhat simple. And, and then you can even hone in on that one word. And it's gonna, it may be a discipline. It may be a fruit of the Spirit. It could be a character trait. It could be an attribute of God. Uh, it, but it, it could just be the, the description of a brand new you for next year. But it just might change your life because if it comes from God, it will. One of the things that I do to better hear from God, and these are tools here, is, is one of the things I do is I fast. Fasting is like spiritual decluttering 101. It's, what fasting is, it's simply abstaining from food for spiritual reasons, and it's all through the Bible. It's an ancient practice that was established by God to show dependence upon God and it be, because it actually takes our eyes off ourselves and what we want and our own desires. I'm just telling you guys, from my own personal experience, God's voice becomes very clear when I do that. It does. In fact, uh, I, uh, I still boldly say, you know, it was, a, it was after a, a 28-day fast, which is one of the longer ones I've done, uh, that, that, uh, that everything began falling together for me to be right here, for this, this whole thing to happen. Um, it's because I got that clarity of mind, that focus that, that needed to happen, and God brought a breakthrough. I have some other listening tools that I want to give to you that, that will help you. One is your personal guide, which is the Holy Spirit. Your personal guide, which is the Holy Spirit. Your personal guide is not something that you, you get in a meditative state and, and go and talk to some ancient person from long ago. That's not a personal guide. That's, that's, that's Actually, that's evil. And that's a different sermon, but your personal guide is the Holy Spirit, okay? Only listen to the Holy Spirit. If you're a follower of Jesus, here's the cool thing. The Holy Spirit actually lives in you. You don't have to, like, ask him to come to you. This is so amazing because I'm telling you, Moses, Noah, Elijah, Elisha, (laughs) King David, King Solomon, you know, Ezekiel, Daniel, all those guys, they did not have that. The Holy Spirit did not live in them. It would, like, come to them or come upon them. (laughs) But if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're now the temple. You see, back then... The Holy Spirit dwelt in the temple, but not anymore. We're the temple. (laughs) Can you get this? God is with you and in you all the time. 
So what, so what God will do is he will put desires and impressions on your heart. And often what happens then is the Holy Spirit's voice becomes very, very clear. And you, you begin to hear God. One of the ways that that happens is through praise and worship. That's, that's why, again, why, why uh, I, I believe in just having a time of worship before we deliver the word of God. Why? Because it, it just kind of clears the air. And a lot of the stuff that's buzzing around our head just goes away because we've given, wor- we've given worship to God and then your hearts are open and you hear God's word. It does make a difference. In fact, there's this amazing story in the book of Daniel. It's about uh, Nebuchadnezzar the Great. You learned about him in world history. He was this Babylonian king. He was a very, 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 very bad guy. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar was, uh, he was not Jewish. He wasn't a guy who served God, so he wasn't like a king of Israel. He was a king of Babylon. Uh, but um, there were several years, and the story is quite incredible in Daniel chapter 4, but there were several years when his mind was totally out of control. In fact, he was living in personal insanity. But then he snapped out of it when he started worshiping God. And it's, it's an amazing story because his mind was instantly decluttered and he could think clearly again. Uh, the, 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 the main scripture is found in Jan- Daniel chapter 4, verse 34, where he says, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven and my reason returned to me. And I, then I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever. Now, if it can work for him in the Old Testament days, it works for us. Worship is good for us. It will make you think more clearly. In fact, you should even have worship built into your life day in and day out. I loved it because I was walking over to the offices to, to eat a banana and get a drink and use the restroom just between the services and someone had some, their, their, it was like gospel music just booming coming out of that car. Like, yeah, you can keep worshiping God all the way out of here. I love it. Another one of those listening tools is your roadmap, which is the Bible. Hey, the Bible is black and white truth. It is black and white truth, and there is no book of Texans in there. And you should read it every day. I'm going to tell you, guys, you know there's zero excuse for you to not have a Bible. Uh, when I pastored before, and, uh, I mean, we had a big church, but I mean, we had just piles and piles of Bibles because I, I would never want a person to leave without a Bible. But now you don't need to do that anymore because you can get it as a free app right on your phone. God's, God speaks to me daily when I read the Bible. If I don't, I'm missing it. The Bible is also made clear through preaching and teaching of God's word. So God speaks to us also through teachers and preachers. You ever been in a crowd where you feel like um, the minister was speaking directly to you? Well, it's true. You were being spoken directly to, but it was God that was speaking to you through the teacher, the pastor, the minister. Because God cares about you, and he's giving you his word. So these are some ways to hear from God, listen to the Spirit, uh, read the Bible, and listen to preaching. And another one is your compass, which is your conscience. Do you realize that everyone has a conscience, even if you've not received Jesus Christ? And it is this inner guide to right and wrong behavior. It's one of the ways God does speak to you. But you have to listen to your conscience. Another way to listen to God is through your family. And, I just, and the way to describe family is fellow believers. These may or may not be blood relatives. In many cases, it's not. Uh, see, because Jesus actually gave us a different view of family in the scriptures. Basically, what Jesus said, family is whoever is doing the will of God. So when you interact with such people, God will speak to you through them. 
That could be your, your pastor, it could be your connect group, but it's certainly not some random uh, hairdresser or some dude at the gym who's not even in your spiritual family at all. That's not where the voice of God is going to come from. See, use these methods that I've just given to you. Use these methods this week. I'll just tell you right now, God is already speaking to you. He just wants you to declutter and listen. And when you're hearing from God, this is important, write it down immediately. And, and if you feel you have your one word, or maybe a few that could potentially be your one word, just, just write them down. Write them down. See, what God is saying is too important to be tossed away. You might say, well, what if it's not God? Well, you, you'll figure that out later because you'll look at it and say, what was that? <laughs> no, okay, we'll toss that out. But for me, I, I felt the single word over the past about three months it's been stirring over and over in my heart, especially knowing I was coming into teaching this series. And, and I was really thinking, I think this is going to be my one word for 2018, but I'll just tell you the truth. I was afraid that when I share it, it might be misunderstood by some people. And, and in other words, I was worried about what other people thought. And uh, so I asked God to clarify that one word. That's one of the things I prayed for when I was, I was in Los Angeles, and he did. What was kind of crazy is I started seeing that one word everywhere that's how god clarifies things i mean i saw it in print i saw it in i heard it in sermons it was in teaching sessions it was in conversations i saw it on t-shirts i mean it's like everywhere i finally said okay god i get it i get it it's not even like necessary it's not even like a christianese kind of word you know it's not like doctrine of the holy spirit it's just it's just it's just this one word and you don't get to know what it is yet you you, you don't you'll get to know it later but but I know what my one word really means. And I'm not going to stress out on whether someone else likes my word or not. So, nee, 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 you know. I'm not going to tell you because I, I want you to hear from your own on God. And when you get it, just own it. Don't stress about what anyone else thinks. And when it goes up on the board, you, it, the word goes up there. Your name doesn't go with it anyway. And don't you dare be critical of someone else's word. Because that's not your word, that's their word. You're not living in their skin, they're living in their skin. You have no idea what God just spoke to them. You see, I don't know what God's speaking to you, but God is speaking. And, and I believe this, what will be that one word, God has already dropped it into your heart. And it's time now to get that word from God, to seize it and to act upon it. Because you can hear from God just as easy as me. God is close and he's near. <laughs> And he wants to execute his plans through you by sending you in a specific direction over this next year. Here's City Life is able to continue making Jesus known through the consistent investments of many. And if you would like to invest financially into the vision, you can do so at citylifefw.org. Simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thank you for listening to this week's message from City Life Church. You can stay connected through Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And we look forward to seeing you on Sunday.